1: Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So if you're interested in a free opportunity to check in with the latest thoughts of other rehab leaders, NetHealth has you covered. They have a new online rehab therapy community called the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. It's all about habits and initiatives that juice up your attendance, revenue, workflows, documentation, compliance, efficiency, and engagement while allowing your provider teams to keep their eyes on the prize, their patients, and outcomes. And if you sign up for this free forum in the month of October, you will win a chance for a free registration to the 2019 APTA Combined Sections Meeting in Washington, D.C. You're automatically entered to win. So sign up. It's free, and you may win free registration to CSM. All you have to do is go to nethealth.com/slash healthy. So, a huge thanks to NetHealth, and what a great opportunity to win a chance to go to uh, CSM. Now, on to today's episode. I am so excited to have Linda Ugalow on. She is a presentation and confidence coach who helps new and seasoned professionals overcome the fear of public speaking while communicating effortless, effortlessly and effectively across different media. As a performer of 35 years and with a master's degree in expressive therapies and movement studies, she's been helping people get comfortable in their own skin for decades. She is also the producer and host of the TV show, Women Inspired, which can be found on her website, which is com slash shows. And we have, we'll have all of her links uh, are in the show notes for this episode over at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Linda is wonderful. If you're ready to public speak, if you're ready to get on camera, she is the person you need to speak to. So in this episode, we talk about identifying underlying stress factors of being seen and heard. Hello, I've got that. How to master the art of intercommunication. How visibility can fast track your career, credibility, and thought leadership, and reframing why you are delivering your message to your audience. This is a great episode. I hope you all enjoy and a big thanks to Linda for taking the time out to come on.
2: Hi, Linda. Welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you join me today. I'm so happy to be here with you. Now, I read your sort of short bio in the intro, but I would love for you to let the listeners get, a little, get to know you a little bit more. So can you fill in some of the blanks as to how you got to where you are now?
0: Sure. So I, as you know, I help people overcome the stress or fears that they may have in being visible, being seen and heard, whether on any platform. So it could be on camera or standing in front of a group of people. And this is not something that came easy to me in my own life. And it even surprises me today that this is what my, what my work is, because I had a very different trajectory as um, a young adult. I was really into dance. And one of the things I loved about dance was that I could express myself without words. (laughs) Because speaking was not comfortable for me. I always, I don't know if you've had this, but I always had like conversation remorse. I, after speaking with someone, I was thinking, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I yes. should have said this. You know that feeling? Always,
2: like, well, why did I say why that? Why did I say that? I had that for
0: I had that for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I've also been a performer for right now over thirty-five years. But at the t- you know even in the early years, the the worst part of being on stage for me. I, I mean, there were good parts to it, too, but the worst part was having to introduce a song. I really did not like to. Speak in front of a, a group. I found it very, very anxiety-producing, and um, yeah. So it's it's kind of like a funny skip that I had that I ended up here. Maybe because it was so hard for me.
2: Yeah, and you know something. You are obviously not alone. A lot of people are very scared. I mean, stage fright is a real thing, but there are a lot of people who are very scared to not just get up on a stage in front of people, but even to do. Uh, Facebook Live.
0: Absolutely. Facebook Live is is hugely terrifying if you are not comfortable. And I, I had that experience with live streaming. That was actually my live streaming experience back in 2015 was on Periscope. And that was the first of two live streaming apps before Facebook Live even had it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I got on, I, I was kind of a new... Coach at that time, I was coaching people in a similar way actually to de stress. I, I wanted to help people feel more joy in whatever it was they were doing. So I got onto Periscope and I was told that you had to get on every day in order to build a following. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I was like, you know, like bringing all my mojo together to do this because I knew it was going to be scary. And I remember the very first time I took my phone outside to the front yard. I sat on a bench and I was shaking. And afterwards I thought, oh my God, that was terrible. And it was interesting because I was talking about how, what to do when you feel disappointment in yourself. I was talking about mindset and here I was like, oh my God, I've got to delete that. But I said, no, 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 don't delete it. Just leave it there. So every day I, I, I would push through this anxiety that I felt and I was determined. I I always felt like, you know, fear is something that you have and you have to push through it because otherwise you won't get things done. So either you avoid it or you push through it. So Mm -hmm. that was my understanding and that's what I lived by. And I, because I was a dancer, I, I, had degree, a master's degree in expressive therapies and movement studies. I knew a lot about the body and how to manage different states of being. So I could I I was able to dance or jumping jacks or reframe or do all kinds of things to get myself over the hump. But every day I had a hump to get over. And then finally I think it was after two or three months, I was about to broadcast yet again and my heart was pounding out of my chest. And I thought, you know, I'm getting tired of this. You know, it's one thing to do a talk every, you know, month or a couple of months and or a workshop and or go to a networking event and, you know, deal with the the fear. But to do it every day, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It was I found it really, really draining. And I thought, isn't there anything I can do to get rid of this? So that was that was the turning point for me when I realized that I don't want to have to push through the fear anymore. I just don't want to have it to have to push through.
2: Yeah. And I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and going, I remember when I first started doing Facebook Lives, it was probably in 2016. And right. the reason that I started doing them was for this push up challenge. So you had to do 22 push-ups in 22 days and you had to f- um, film yourself doing the push-ups. Okay. And I remember thinking, oh my God, well, I'm doing it for a cause. So that's a good thing. And I just have to do some push-ups, but, and this is the craziest thing, but what helped me do that is I had a cat at the time, my cat Benson. And I knew he was always in the, he was always in the picture. Yeah. And what was so crazy is in my mind, I was like, well, people are probably tuning in to watch Benson, not me. Yep. So it kind of allowed me to go on and do these Facebook lives and get more comfortable doing them because that part of me was like, well, people are just going to watch the cat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it did help. So then I was able to eventually transition to doing them without the cat. That's Um, great. But that was a big help for me as Mm -hmm. far as getting myself over that stress. I mean, I'm still stressed about it, but not as much.
0: Right. It doesn't hold you back.
2: No, it doesn't hold me back. And so Mm -hmm. let's talk about that though. Let's talk about the underlying stress there is about being seen and heard. And what tips do you have for us to get over that? And I hate saying get over it because it's such a like negative way to speak about when you have some real anxiety, but. Well, what, although
0: someone with anxiety would like to get over it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for that's sure. True. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, if you had a choice of feeling comfortable or feeling stressed, what would you choose? Comfort. <laughs> So I think there's something that people, there's what we are aware of in our fear. You know, if I ask my clients, you know, what are you afraid of? They would say, well, I'm afraid of being judged. I'm afraid of looking awkward. I'm afraid of, you know, people not liking what I say. What if I, people are asking me something. I don't have the answer. So I don't want to, they're afraid that somehow they will be shown to be lacking in their worthiness and their value in someone else's eyes. And I think that, you know, this, this need to feel like we are seen and heard and accepted is very strong. And the fear is kind of like that, the reverse of that. And what I came to understand is that if we are feeling afraid, there are two things. One is that it means that it doesn't feel safe. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's not a safe um, situation. And if it's not a safe situation, there's probably a reason why it doesn't feel safe. And it's what I have come to call the, like the psychic closet and the, the need to declutter the psychic closet. So in my own case, what happened for me is I decided instead of to try to push it away, dismiss it, overcome it, um, ignore it. I would investigate it, and when I realized it wasn't so much the fear itself that was the problem, but the the fear that but the fear was pointing to something that was a little more under the surface that I wasn't aware of. It really took me to be a little more introspective and, as I said, investigative. What I what I came to was that there were like imprints on my body of memories of experiences of things people had said to me or done to me that were impacting the sense of safety that I could have being the center of attention. And I'll give you one example is that when I was little, I had two older sisters and my mom obviously gave me more attention than my sisters. I was the baby and I was good and they were fresh and she was always yelling at them. And she would say things like, why can't you be more like Linda, she's so good. And then she would walk out of the room and they would be angry. So they would take it out on me, they would kick me or tell me I was stupid and what i learned pretty quickly was that it was not safe to be the center of attention now as a teenager we actually became really good friends all of us the my sisters and i mm-hmm. so it's not something that was in my conscious mind that here decades later i'm carrying this thing around with me i had no idea but when i started to be a little introspective about you know what could be the impacting experience for me i realized wow, I still feel like if I were to become, quote unquote, famous, or really succeed really visible, that my sisters wouldn't like me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was floored when I realized, wow, I still feel that way.
2: Even as as, as you are now, as as an adult. Mm
0: -hmm. And and I mean, I speak to my sisters, you know, like several times a week, we're really close. And we're really supportive of each other, but it, it's kind of like when we are young, things get, this is why I say, it, I feel like it's like an imprint on our neurophysiology of, of, the you know, that we carry around with us and it's not anymore in our awareness. Other things might be, you know, like my mom or I have clients that say this to me all the time. Also, you bring home a good grade, maybe it's a 97 and they say, why not a hundred? Mm-hmm. You know, so the expectations that you have or somebody being bullied. I had a client who um, grew up in a, another country and she was studying English and she was the lowest in the class. And in their culture, the the people who are at the top of the class were actually encouraged to bully the ones who were, quote unquote, less smart. Oh. I know, pretty horrifying. Yeah. I know. But that was, and they, they were saying, yeah, do it, do it, because they're not as smart as you, and you need to, and it was physical also. They would hit, be hit with a, a ruler and, um, I don't know, or a stick. Mm-hmm. And so she was terrified from, you know, that very physical experience that she had of being bullied and told she was stupid. And so her, for her to be visible in English even though her English was perfect. In fact, she worked many years as in, in, um, in writing. So it, she has a very good command of the language. She felt that she was going to be attacked in some way.
2: Mm. So it's all about, from, from what I'm hearing from you is, it's really about being able to to look at yourself and really dig deep as to why you have this underlying stress of getting on stage or of being seen and being heard, and it goes beyond, well, I just don't like it, or I'm just scared of going on stage. You really have to, and and you may need to work with someone in order to help you get to that point where you can really understand why that that fear exists.
0: I think it is helpful to work with someone. It's also not necessary. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a requirement. I did it on my, for myself, but I am someone who is very introspective mm-hmm. and I do have tools. I want to um, just point out though, that it's not enough to know what happened because I've had clients that came to me and they say, Oh, I know it's my narcissistic parents who never let me get a word in edgewise. And, or I wasn't allowed to, I was always silence. you know, in our family we had seven kids and silence was golden <laughs> or you know, any number of things, but they'll say, I don't know how to get rid of it. So I think the part of it, one of these, uh, the pillars of stress are these impacting past experiences and you need to find ways. So my tip is to find ways to, to release your attachment, to resolve them in some way, to let go, to forgive. So you could use forgiveness. You might use something like, I don't know, visualizing, cutting cords or, Lighting a candle and blowing it out or burning up a piece of paper. You can make your own rituals. Mm -hmm. I have my own modalities that I have found to be effective, but you can create your own. I mean, the point is it has to be meaningful for you. And you know, when you feel like, oh, I don't, I'm not worried about that anymore. So, so these impacting past experiences are one, but there are other things that can in fact create stress. Okay. So the second one is not that it's an external bully, but there's an an internal one, and that is our self-talk. And this is so key because if you don't feel safe inside yourself, you're not going to feel safe in front of other people. And we tend to put a lot of energy into being really good communicators with other people, but we don't spend the same time to... Master the art of inner communication. And we tend to think, oh well, it's just inside my head that nobody else hears that, it's not a problem. At least I used to think that way. You know, my I don't know, did you grow up with if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it?
2: Uh probably.
0: Maybe that it might have been a yeah. generational thing. So in, yeah. my, in my family, my mom always said that to us. Although I don't know why, because she said plenty of unkind <laughs> things, <laughs> both to us and to other people uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. sometimes. However, you know, I think about that to in regards to our inner dialogue. So I really think that's important for us to consider ourselves. If you don't have something nice to say to yourself, don't say it. If you wouldn't say it to a friend, a person that you really care about, you don't want to say it to yourself. And here's why. If you had that person, a person outside you saying those things to you, you wouldn't stick around. Mm
2: -hmm. You
0: wouldn't want that person in your vicinity. I mean, you might be stuck. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship or a dysfunctional family, but let's say it's a, a college roommate. No, you wouldn't choose to live with them the following year if they were saying, you're really awful, and I can't believe you're walking out of the house like that and did you look at yourself in the mirror? you know what's wrong with your face? Yeah, you know, it sounds terrible. It sounds awful, mm-hmm. but can you can you imagine saying that to yourself? Yes, probably I mean because yeah. we say those kinds of things to ourselves, but we don't recognize the damage that we are doing
2: yeah, no, absolutely like you would never could you imagine just sitting there and having someone berate you like that? But we, do, we allow ourselves to do yeah. it to ourselves
0: all the time.
2: Yeah. So just if, if those thoughts start creeping up into your head, what do we do? Well, I like to
0: say, look, we got those thoughts at a certain time in our lives. Because if you think back, when did you start criticizing yourself?
2: Yeah, probably, I mean, rem- like as a teen.
0: Yeah, like I remember we used to stand around and say, oh, my legs are so fat. Oh, my legs are fat too. You know, that kind of thing. And it became like this cultural, um, I don't know, belonging that we all kind of put ourselves down. Mm-hmm. And there, I'm sure there were other things that went along with it. But we've had those thoughts for a long time. So number one, I think we need to look at that voice with compassion that voice, first of all, got developed at a time when it didn't have other resources. We didn't have other people saying, look, you know, it's really important for you to be kind to yourself. My mother never had a, you know, that would never even occur to her.
2: Right, right. And
0: we certainly didn't learn it in school. So where were we going to learn that? So number one is to give some compassion to that inner critic. And number two, to recognize that the reason the critic is there is actually to protect us, that they want they it's t- there to prevent that feeling of shame or blame or rejection from the outside. And there's this kind of distorted idea that if we do it to ourselves, we will, we'll buffer mm-hmm. the experience if it should come from somebody else.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I get that.
0: And then the third thing
2: is to actually
0: teach that voice how to communicate more effectively. And so what I like to do and what I do with, let's say, I I have a course called How to Watch Yourself on Video Without Cringing.
2: Oy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good one. It's a beautiful
0: beautiful process because cringing, when you look at yourself, is a perfect opportunity to up-level your inner dialogue. So what I suggest to people is that they, they find if, they, if you were going to hear the information from someone else, what would you like to hear? How would you like to hear it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What tone of voice? What are the words? What would be most helpful? So yeah, you look like you didn't get enough sleep. Do you want someone to say, you look awful this morning? Or... Mm-hmm. What would you like to hear instead? Instead, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would be something like, you know, you may want to try to get into bed earlier. You know, are you looking pretty tired these days? Might be, you know, so, like just think about how everyone will be a little different because we all have person- different personalities. Of but course. So you would say it to somebody and then say it to yourself. And then when you go into the bathroom in the morning, you look at yourself in the mirror, you practice it. Out loud? Out loud. Ah. Or in your head, or uh-huh. both. Sometimes uh-huh. one, sometimes the other. But uh-huh. yeah, get get to know, get comfortable with saying nice things to yourself.
2: That seems comfortable to me. Yeah. I
0: go in there and I say, Hey cutie pie. <laughs> hey sleepy head. Good morning. I love you. What do you want to hear from others and give it to yourself? Because, you know, this is part of what is also a problem with people being visible is we're looking for external validation Mm -hmm. when you should be able to fill yourself with your own internal validation and everything that comes out from the external is, is bonus
1: And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth. They have a brand new online rehab therapy community designed for the intersection of the clinical and business sides of rehab. It's called the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. You'll see stats on the community members already involved, plus some new polls just launched that we'd love for you to check out. I personally believe that a better connected rehab profession has the power to help more people. So jump in, subscribe, it's free, and you can get it all at nethealth.com slash healthy. And back to our discussion with guest, Linda Uglo.
2: Yeah, I love looking at it that way instead of always searching for that approval, approval, approval. Right? Am Habit- I good enough?
0: Am I good yeah. enough? No, you, of course you're good enough. And- yeah. You've got to receive that from yourself. You have to open yourself to that worthiness that you can generate and provide to yourself. No one can do it for you. I mean, just think about it. How many times do you need somebody to tell you that? Do you need it once a day? Do you need it 10 times a day? Do you need it for 50 years? What is going to be enough for you Mm -hmm. from other people? No, we have to generate that for ourselves. And then as people... Give it to us. How much do we receive it? Do you receive it 25%? Do you receive it 50, 100? You know, how deeply can you pull that in? Mm-hmm. So I think that we we have a way of deflecting. Oh, what is, I'm trying to think of, um, I'm actually kind of languaging this right here in front of you because in some ways I haven't, gone completely down this this path so thank you Karen for bringing me here but we have a way of um, deflecting the shift into feeling as fully on and fully Mm -hmm. ourselves and at our peak um, potential as we can
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, even like you said, how often do you need that positive reinforcement? And what I find what happens a lot, I know I see myself doing it. I've seen other people do it. Is you get a compliment from someone said, Oh, wow, you know, you you look great today. And the first thing, Oh, Oh yeah, I got this, this dress on sale Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, thank you. Thank you. And then like breathing it in and just like... Yeah. And so you're deflecting (laughs) that. So if you're going to deflect from other people, then does it even matter that they're giving you all of this praise? So it's like you want the praise, but then when you get it, you deflect it. Bingo. So I can see where you're coming from by giving yourself the praise internally or externally in front of the mirror, that if you can do that for yourself, when someone else gives you praise or, or... Uh, says something nice about you, well, you're going to have a much better reaction to that because someone is going out of their way to give you a compliment. And if you don't acknowledge that compliment by at least saying thank you, then it doesn't feel good to that person either. That's right. It's like you dropped their gift on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I 100% get what you mean by that deflection and that deflecting. And, and I think we, a lot of people do that. And it's something I know that I have like actively worked on in the past couple of years. And it's been really helpful. Yes, absolutely. Really yeah. helpful. Yeah. So we've got now an idea of, which was a great discussion on where this underlying stress can come from. And that when we have to identify it And then we need find, and that's just step one. You don't identify it and walk away. Um, So you identify, and then find ways to release it. And I love that you know you're you're looking at the impacting past experiences, your internal self talk, and then how to kind of work through those uh, issues if you have them, whether it be on your own or with someone else. Mm -hmm. Is that about right? Yeah, and you know, some people might
0: say, "Oh, this feels like a lot of work." It doesn't have to be. For me it changed actually in a matter of days. When I work with clients, I think the average is six sessions. Fabulous. Yeah, it's not it's not 12 years of therapy, believe me. It, because if you're ready if you are ready to be visible, to put yourself out, out there, and you know that this is something that you want. You feel motivated. You are willing to let go. It's very different than oh, I don't know if I want to let go of them. They hurt me. Mm-hmm. That's different. You know. Then you're not ready to to be seen. If you rather hold on to your past hurts, but if you are ready, then you find ways or you you find someone to help you mm-hmm. to to release the past. Because what's going to happen? See, this is this is the issue. When you are standing in front of somebody and you're feeling this stress come up, you are having to manage it. That takes your attention away from being present. Mm -hmm. And when you are wanting to connect with your, you can't fully connect with the people who are standing in front of you or the camera. If you are partially attending to, okay, I got to breathe or my mouth is dry, my hands are sweaty. Oh my God, what did I say? You know, that kind of stuff is very distracting so you're not going to perform at your best and it's not going to it's not going to allow you to be the kind of impactful presenter that you want to be and be able to make the kinds of connections with your audience with your clients and customers that you are seeking to make
2: yeah absolutely and you know, that kind of leads me right into how visibility can kind of fast track your career or give you that credibility. And I think we've sort of hit upon all of those in our talk, but I really love that what you just said that if you're, if you don't have that confidence in yourself and you're up on stage on video, or even in front of just one or two people trying to close a deal for your business. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, wait, did I do this? Did I do that? Oh, my God, how can I say that? And you're, you have that negative self-talk to yourself while you're in front of people. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not. So it's going to do the opposite of kind of fast-tracking your career. Right, right.
0: So I think it takes a commitment to say this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. In ter- you know, I had a um, discussion with uh, an accountant so this is a different field. She was saying how she really wishes that she could feel comfortable on video because she knows that when, when people get to talk with her, they have a completely different sense of why she's different than just any accountant. Mm-hmm. And if she could only show her face, she could, as you say, fast track that, that no like and trust factor. Mm -hmm. and they could, she could express herself, you know, with her personality, and she does have a, she has a really great personality, and I think she'd be wonderful on video, but she's holding herself back, because she's uncomfortable, and so the longer she holds herself back, not only is it a disservice to you, but it's a disservice to the people who could then get help from you, because if they don't see you, and they don't have a way of finding you and getting to know you more, then they can't get helped by you.
2: And so it's almost like, I don't want to say it's, oh, it's your responsibility to put yourself out there, but it's, it's your generosity putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. It is.
0: And I think you, we can look at it as a responsibility too. It's kind of like if you have a gift to share to humanity, you know, that you have something that can help other people. I do feel like it's a kind of responsibility. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, no, actually I don't want that for myself, but if you, it is what you want to do, if it's your mission to help, then yes, it's your responsibility to do what you can do to be helping the people who are seeking you. Yeah. And 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 we have this technology now. It is available to us, and it is a big challenge for us to step up into it.
2: Yeah, and I think if you can put yourself out there, like you said, if people can see you and hear you and understand you, they'll know, like, and trust you more, and they'll be more likely to come and see you.
0: Absolutely.
2: And it's a way
0: of, you know, you can meet people one-on-one, and I love networking personally, and I love talking one-on-one. But if you can speak one to many if you can speak to a group of 25 people or 50 people in a room that just imagine the amplification of your business that can happen or if you can be making videos and you put it on a facebook ad just for video views and show it to people around of you know some issue that is common that or that you are specialized in just think about the you know, the ability for people to be able to find you.
2: It's, it's, you've just amplified it or multiplied it by tens, hundreds, thousands more. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it all comes down to having the confidence in yourself to put yourself into a situation where you're more visible, you're spreading. Like you said, if you're passionate about what you do and you really want to help people or you want to bring people in and give them knowledge, then getting out there, whether it be on video, on a stage, uh, or just on Facebook. Right. Right. Or on an Instagram Live. You know, there's like you said, there's so many platforms now. And that is obviously a great way to kind of push your career to a whole nother level.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I,
2: and look, this doesn't have to be a drudgery. I mean, I, I want
0: my clients and I get my clients to feel fabulous. I want people to have fun with it, to feel like it's, it's an enjoyment to express yourself and to connect. It's one of the things that you enjoy that you get to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that comes across when people see you. You know, it comes across like when I see you in particular. Oh, whatever, thank you. <laughs> you in particular. Um, like when I see your videos, you can see that you're so happy to share the information you're sharing. Absolutely. And, and it comes across. And then you think to yourself, I like this gal. Oh, thank you so I could, much. I could hang out with her. And isn't that what we want? We want people to be like, I could hang out with her. We could be friends. I want to sure. know what she's got. For sure. For sure. And- yeah and that's that's what and anybody can get there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not just for some, it's not that you have to be born this way. I was definitely not born this way. I I found my way into it. And I think that's one of the things that excited me was that I've always been very good at deconstructing my my inner experience. And one of the things that people find delightful and surprising is how easy it can be Mm -hmm. once you know the steps to get from A to B.
2: Yeah. And I I mean, if people need an example of what this looks like, Linda, where can people find all your great videos and stuff? Because I think it's important for people to go and kind of take a look at what I'm talking about when I said you're, you're so happy and you're like so relaxed on camera. Oh, thank you. Thank you well let's see hmm well my
0: my website is com. so there are certainly some videos there that you can see i also do a facebook live every monday at noon noon eastern on my business page which is lindyugolo biz biz and um I don't know if I, if you start to that's, follow me around. I mean, that's a good place to start. Yeah, all, exactly my link, sure. all my links are, are around. I'm Linda Ugalow everywhere. There's yeah. no other Linda Ugalo, so.
2: Yeah, and we'll have everything too on the uh, podcast website at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. We'll have everything there so you can one click and get to everything you need to. But I definitely suggest you go and and watch Linda on camera and you'll see what I'm talking about by that ease and and joy uh, that she has when she's uh, talking about what she's passionate about. And Linda, before we go, I have one more question for you and it's the one that I ask everyone. And that is knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give yourself as sort of that new grad out of college, that young woman in her twenties?
0: I think I would suggest, or I would recommend to myself to trust that I know what is best for me. And that when I seek advice, to know that I can filter it for myself and make my own decisions and that that is going to be my best direction.
2: Excellent advice. I love it. Thank you so much. And again, just so everyone knows where to find Linda, you can find her at lindayugalo.com. And I'm sure if you just go to that one place, it'll get you to everywhere else you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So Linda, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing all this great info with us.
0: I'm so happy to have shared
2: with you.
1: Awesome. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Get yourself out there. Get visible. And stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. And a big thank you to Linda Ugalo and to our sponsor for today's episode, NetHealth. They have a brand new free online rehab therapy community. It's called the Rehab Therapy Operational Best Practices Forum. And when you sign up, you get write-ups, white papers from leading-edge performers, polls, surveys, benchmarking calculators, videos, podcasts, and more, all for free. And you can sign up at nethealth.com healthy. And if you sign up in the month of October 2018, you will automatically be entered for a chance to win a free registration to the 2019 APTA Combined Sections Meeting, So head over to nethealth.com slash healthy and sign up today.
0: Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.